What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath, and I am fired up to be sharing this collector conversation with you today. I'm joined by Matthew MC Doyle Sports on Instagram. He is someone who I've been chatting with for quite some time, probably since I started my account and page. He's a listener to the show who is probably got one of the most unbelievable collections that I have ever seen. It is unreal. Just go take a look at his Instagram page. I wanted to chat with him. I wanted to dig in. He's been collecting since the 70s. He collects legends, just so many stories, has a wealth of information. You're going to want to check this one out. If you like what I'm doing, follow, subscribe, all the buttons. Make sure, and most importantly, you tell a damn friend about the Stacking Slabs podcast. Without further ado, let's hit it. Let's kick into the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. I am excited about this conversation. I'm joined by an individual who, a longtime collector, I'm sure you follow his IG page, full of just incredible cards. We've been trading messages on Instagram for probably ever since I've been back in the game, so it's good to get connected. I am joined by with Matthew Doyle. You might know him at McDoyle Sports on Instagram. Matthew, thanks for taking some time out of your day to talk with me. Welcome. How are you? Great, Brett. Great. And thanks uh, so much for having me. Uh, uh, you've been uh, certainly one of the podcasts that I've listened, uh, I think, listened to since uh, since you started uh, doing this. So it's uh, it's an honor to be on here. Let's start here. Um, I feel like it's topical, timely, relevant. And I would l- maybe get the origin story of this, but you, you, you every Friday, if, you, if you're following them, he puts out his hashtag Beefcake Friday, which is a typically a nice banger that uh, probably gets a lot of likes and shares. And you had um, one today that was uh, timely, topical. 2013 Bowman Chrome draft, draft pick autograph refractor. BGS 9.5 of Aaron Judge. People might know him. He's kind of doing something historic right now. So maybe like share a little bit about beefcake friday what you're doing there and then i'd love to just get your uh your perspective on aaron judge and just as a fan watching him and collecting his cards yeah thanks uh um first off i'll, I'll uh, admit that i've kind of uh, i saw somebody posting uh beefcake friday years ago it was actually justin uh, 610 sports at that time uh and i, I love that hashtag so i started to use it so I, I want to give him the original credit. I don't know if uh, if he knows that or not, but uh, then I uh, just kind of took it. I typically will only post like on maybe a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And and so uh, with that, I uh, wanted to, to put something material out there each Friday for uh, for other collectors to, to look at. And uh, we all like to, uh, I think the purpose of Instagram is to be able to, to show your collection. Um, and then take a look at all the other items that are out there uh, from a collector standpoint. Yeah. Shout out, Justin, former guest, 610 Sports Cards. Your collection is um, just, it's widespread. You've got cards of legends, cards everywhere of all different lanes. Like this Aaron Judge card, when did you get it? What was the story behind it? Why'd you want it? Maybe share some yeah. perspective there. Yeah, the uh, for Aaron Judge, uh, some to my typical player 
that I'll collect or card that I collect, it has to be something that is uh, meaningful. Uh, somebody who I think is going to uh, stand the test of time, be iconic, or at least uh, what I would consider uh, worthwhile. Um, so uh, for Aaron Judge, I didn't collect. I typically don't prospect or collect any of the, the young guys. Um, um, so I picked that up probably about a year or two ago. His prices were really low. I saw the, uh, I think the potential in, in him being with the Yankees, kind of the size of him. You, you could see the home run, uh, natural home run hitter that he was, but he was a, a multi-tool player. So uh, that's, that's kind of what I'll look for as somebody who I, I think is going to stand that test of time. And I'll, I'll kind of let it develop and then, and then go out and acquire. So over the last year or so, I've, I think I've, I don't know. I've acquired maybe 10 or 15 different Aaron judge um, pieces and um, I'll typically try to buy it um, at least, you know, maybe five that I think are going to be, uh, you know, really um, uh, his key pieces, um, some of his key pieces. And, you know, of course I was looking for his gold and things of that nature, which is at that point was already hard to find. So uh, I picked up this uh, Bowman Chrome uh, draft refractor, um, and I've got some other ones that over the next few weeks, I'll, I'm sure, uh, post at some point. So I love, maybe we'll stay, we'll stay on the baseball topic just to, for another second. And I know there's listeners out there being like, oh my God, we're talking baseball and stacking slabs, like keep it going. So I do want to give it some airtime, especially <laughs> since we're talking judge, but as an outsider um, looking in and someone who doesn't collect baseball, um, it seems to me that, you know, over the last year, year or so you've had like, you know, Soto, Tatis, Otani, like some of these younger guys have taken priority over um, that's been the focus from kind of the mainstream. Everyone's posting about these cards, but then you've got like a guy in the background, like Aaron judge, who I think has had a pretty solid career so far. You mentioned a lot of the reasons why you bought this card and like him. Um, but no, I, I, there wasn't just a lot of, there wasn't a lot of collector attention. I felt on, on a guy like Aaron judge, or you don't see his name pop up. And then flash forward to this season, he just has just one of the best hitting seasons we've ever seen in major league baseball. And then now people come in and I'm sure his prices are going up and maybe like talk a little bit about that. Like when, when you were buying the card, did that make sense to you while people were paying all attention on some of these younger guys, more unproven guys. And you had an Aaron judge who was kind of getting less attention. Maybe I see, we see that across a bunch of sports, but maybe yeah. talk about it from a baseball perspective. Yeah. Thanks. Fred. And I think that's right. I think we see that across all sports. Uh, it's something that uh, I certainly think about um, of those players, you named those other players. I own zero of their cards. I just, I won't typically purchase any of that. I have over the years um, and I'll, I'm sure I'll get into some of the, the history uh, uh, or, or origin of my story in the hobby, but um I don't own any of those cards at this point in time. Uh, now, if they're in the in the league for you know t six, seven, eight years and and become proven, then then that's when I go out and look to acquire. Um, but for somebody like Aaron Judge in the biggest market in New York for the biggest team, the Yankees, um, it makes a lot of sense if they're going to have a superstar to to go out and collect that superstar. You know, similar to to Derek Jeter um, when he was there. I have a a pretty significant Derek Jeter collection. And it's for those, those reasons. I mean, the captain was, was an absolute winner. And in that market, it's, it's going to, to have value um, attached to it because just the amount of fans that, the, that they draw. 
Totally. I, I think it uh, shows, I can't remember the exact two, but I know one was the Dominguez super fractor and then maybe a, a gold judge card. And they had them side by side on some posts and the Dominguez had sold for like two X what the Aaron Judge yeah, yeah. like, he hasn't even stepped foot on a major league baseball so I, I know you I want to get into your story but I know I know you've seen a lot of turns of this hobby is that type of activity and behavior pretty although it seems crazy from afar has that been pretty normal to you you kind of see this craziness happen you kind of look the other direction and grab maybe the less desirable more proven guys that's right I do that every time I'm going to go for the more proven you know, legend, uh, iconic player every single time, as opposed to the, to the young up and comer that's happened. You know, I've been in this now for, I was trying to count the years, uh, but about 47 years. Um, so I'm 53. I started to collect when I was, you know, right in between six and seven years old. Um, and, and I'll talk about that, uh, uh, some today here. Uh, but this isn't any bit the, the What's going on now isn't any different, which is what that has happened over my entire uh, life of collecting. The dollars are just different, but the gravitation towards the prospecting, uh, whether that's in baseball um, for the guys that we spoke about, whether that's the, you know, the young quarterback market that's in football, uh, whether that's the prospecting on the basketball side, that's happened in every kind of different decade and and um, it just happens over and over again. The dollars are just completely different uh, right now than they've ever been. Uh, you might have the longest tenure for any stacking slabs uh, guest. So congratulations on, on that. <laughs> or people aren't, aren't sharing the full truth. Um, I'd love for you to maybe share, share a little bit of your story on just your, your collecting, your journey. I'm sure you've seen a lot. Um, anything you want to share just about you getting into cards and kind of where that's taken you? Uh, sure. So as I mentioned, I've, I've been in probably 46, 47 years. I started to collect um, back in 1975, uh, 1976. So uh, at that point, it was really uh, baseball and, and football and basketball, but mainly baseball at that time. I played, you know, all sports growing up. Uh, Sports family, uh, just enjoy uh, competition and activity. Um, so every day, uh, I'm sure, uh, because uh, uh, we were a little bit out of control, but my mom would give uh, my brother and I a quarter uh, every day after school. And we would walk to the local convenience store, Dairy Queen. And, and typically for a quarter, we could buy three packs of Topps Baseball, um, if, if you can imagine that. Uh, 1975 was one of my favorite sets ever. It had uh, Tops Baseball had, oh gosh, about 800 and some cards in the set. They were all multicolored based on the teams. Just great photography. Um, we just loved it. Um, so every day we'd walk up there. I still remember between 75 and then 76, some of my favorite cards. 1976, Johnny Bench. I, I grew up a Cincinnati Reds fan, kind of right in the height of the big red machine. Um, but if you look back at his 76 tops card, it's Johnny Bench in his full catcher's gear, um, kind of standing at home plate with this dust or dirt kind of coming up in the air. Uh, the photography on that is amazing. And then in 75, I thought the coolest thing ever was a player named Herm Washington, who played for the Oakland A's in his position, right? We, we love finding the position and building our team sets. His position was listed as a pinch runner. 
And I thought that was uh, uh, pretty cool. Um, but we built sets, um, you know, uh, collected, uh, traded with friends. That, that's kind of how we started. I just didn't stop. You know, there were times where I had uh, hit different points in my life where there were lulls, but I always kept collecting at some different point. So uh, longevity has, has probably added value uh, more than anything. Not, uh, uh, not brain power, but probably longevity. I love it. So um, I know you are talking before and just all the messages we've traded. I know you are a super busy professional um, on planes a lot in different locations, traveling. And I, I talk a lot about just like the hobby as an escape, like, you know, whether you're a parent, student, busy professional, whatever it is, like we turn to the hobby just to kind of take our mind off of life stresses. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about just like how you treat the hobby, your time in the hobby and how you kind of do it in a way that allows you to maybe escape from some of your major priorities that are taking up most of kind of what you're focused on on a weekly basis? Yeah. So day-to-day life, um, I'm a hospital executive, so I'm typically pretty busy uh, with that life. So Monday through Friday, I'm I'm pretty dedicated uh, to that. I love uh, when I do get done with the day, whatever time that is, eight, nine, 10 o'clock, kind of jumping on IG and and looking at uh, everything that's out there. It's a good kind of break. Um, I'll flip through, uh, you know, sometimes during uh, downtime during the day, but I'm, I'm obviously pretty dedicated to what I'm doing. Um, and, and we've had, certainly I want to give a shout out to all the healthcare folks out there. They've been unbelievable through the last three years, true heroes and sheroes taking care of the really difficult situations. And so that's a, a big segment of what I do. And then I kind of compartmentalize collecting. I love it. And I'm a true, uh, I guess, collector. I'm not a, you know, an investor. I'm the world's worst trader. I don't think I've ever made a trade. I'm terrible at it. Um, And I don't sell anything. Um, So I'm, I'm really bad at that as well. So I just really uh, acquire. And then uh, when I do, uh, if I do set up, it's typically at a national um, and I'll sell a few things there when I'm set up, but that's, I haven't done that in the last three or four years. I, I pretty much just look for things that I know that I want or need um, in my collection, and I try to go out and acquire those. But I think trying to balance all that, it, what I love about the sports card industry is that it does give me an opportunity to, to get away from that kind of day-to-day other business um, and allows that hobby, uh, a true hobby to to take up some time. So I look at your page and I mean, we're, we're talking, you've got Hank Aaron, you've got Joe Montana, you've got Ken Griffey Jr. You've got magic burr. I mean, it just, it's like every legend hall of Famer, Randy Moss, like pay, there's some Peyton in here. It just goes on and on and on. It's the kind of the, the legends of all the legends. I know you mentioned, you don't get into the prospecting stuff. It's kind of like, they have to prove something, show me something, but with, a a roster of players so large how are you kind of curating the right pieces how do you even know when you need something like share some perspective there yeah that that's the hardest part right is is uh, so so i'd love to collect absolute legends or or um, this term gets used too much but kind of goats right um, of all the sports that are out there 
I typically will do um, basketball, football, baseball. Um, however, uh, I've missed out. I used to do uh, quite a bit of hockey and I have not done as much lately. Uh, so I've missed out on, on some Gretzky items, but I certainly would do do some, some Gretzky uh, and some other hockey players. I mean, Lemieux and others. But with that, I, typically I want to get, you know, obvious Hall of Famers, legends. Uh, to me, like in baseball, it's, it goes by decades. Uh, so I'll go back and, and do uh, pretty much from maybe the 50s forward. Um, and that goes with, um, uh, you know, Mano, Mays, Mutuals, and go forward from there. And then kind of my era growing up, you know, was a lot of 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, so those players. Um, and then now the, uh, the guys that are out there that I think are going to be legendary. So being an Ohio State fan, I did not buy Tom Brady um, for the longest time. Uh, and I still uh, will not buy any Tom Brady cards or anybody else's card if they're in a, uh, that team up north uniform. <laughs> uh, so I own no college uh, Tom Brady items. Uh, but I did uh, years ago, for obvious reasons, started to buy uh, Brady uh, with the Patriots. So uh, I've been fortunate enough to uh, buy a lot of his stuff early on. But it was it was much easier. And, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago. If you said, okay, I want Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, uh, you could go out to eBay. And if you wanted to spend, you know, five or $10,000, you could, you could pull, you know, most of their major cards and, and quickly gain a collection. Today, you can't do that. It, it's changed. And that's why I'm, you know, I do get a little bit concerned about the dollars on, on especially these young quarterbacks of what's out there. And, and certainly I'm not trying to, uh, denigrate uh, what people are choosing to do with their dollars in that situation. It's just, it is alarming um, because of the dollars that are out there. And all of these guys are not going to be hall of famers. You know, look at Tua last night, uh, you know, just one or two plays from, from a significant injury to any one of these guys. Um, and so, you know, people need to be mindful of all that, but you could go get, Peyton Manning's, Tom Brady's, John Elway's. Look up John Elway right now, how cheap he is. If any of any of these quarterbacks are even close to a John Elway, they're going to be Hall of Famers. But I fear that, you know, there's going to be very few, you know, one or two out of these guys that will be. How do you, uh, so I think about the Aaron Judge example and when you bought and would you say, would Someone who is viable to you right now would would a would a Patrick Mahomes fit the bill there? Do you think yeah. he has done enough to solidify himself? So I so I own now I think three Patrick Mahomes uh, cards, but yes, this is the year that I would start to acquire uh, because I do think that he has solidified himself and barring a significant injury, he's going to be. I think he's proven he's going to be great. And right now, you can get Mahomes cheaper than you can get. <laughs> Yes, Josh Allen. These, yeah. Some of these other guys, it's, it's absolutely amazing to me. Um, but I'm going to, uh, you, you kind of tipped me off there on that one, but like Mahomes, I'm going to be buying over the next year and I'll probably buy pretty heavy on you for the reasons you, uh, you described, but he has made it, but to go out and get a Montana and Elway, a, a Brady or in basketball to pick up great hall of famers, um, you know, at, at, less the cost of the prospects that are out there. To me, it just makes absolute sense. 
talk to me a little bit about, I just, I feel like if, if I'm just like scanning through your page quickly, uh, I notice a ton of autographs. Um, I think it's safe to say you're a fan of autographs. So maybe talk a little bit about autos and then other attributes you're looking for when, when you're buying cards. Yeah. I've always been known, I think as an autograph collector. Um, so when, when autographs started, so think back, I think it was 1996 uh, when the first pack started to have some autographs in it. Um, those were the chase cards. Uh, so we kind of grew up, uh, if we were opening packs or boxes, they were really to try to find autographs. And so I've always kind of kept that mentality that the autograph was the chase. Um, I know in uh, some of the, the newer markets that that's not always the case, um, but those were, they were always uh, typically on card. Uh, autographs back then and they just it's what we what we wanted to find and so some of those early sets I, I still chase some of the cards that I can't I couldn't find back then but um, through the late 90s and early 2000s uh, have just some phenomenal autograph sets uh, in all three sports so I still go after those 2000 uh, legends uh, greats of the game tops archives those were the sets that we all wanted at, at that time. And, and so I still gravitate towards uh, those kind of things. And then things that resemble those uh, are attractive to me. Uh, I do like flawless um, because to me, it's, it's a lot like um, uh, one of the, the sets I loved is quantum leaf in football that had game use patch, uh, typically multicolor and a great autograph. Uh, on a very clean white card design. And that's really what flawless is. Um, so I gravitate towards that. I look for um, game used um, patches or jerseys uh, with autographs. That's kind of my first go-to, but uh, I'll do on some sets, uh, sticker autographs are just fine. Uh, fabric of the game, uh, mm -hmm. number pieces have a number of sticker autographs, uh, but I think they look great. Um, so it's really how it looks to me it's the aesthetic of the card, the boldness of the autograph. I think um, knowing that the player um, had that card kind of hand signed it to me adds, adds value. But those are the attributes I look at, how that autograph looks, uh, the type of patch that's on there. And I think if it's game used and it's autographed, uh, to me, that's the premium. I think this would be helpful to understand uh, kind of how you approach this. but. You mentioned earlier talking about eBay, you know, being able to spend five, 10 grand and be able to get whatever cards of a player you wanted, which I wish that were the case today. Um, I think so much of us think about just eBay as the, as the source and where we go to buy cards. And if our safe searches aren't lit up and the blue dots not in it, then the cards aren't available when I think that's not necessarily the case. I'd love to know someone who's been in the hobby for quite some time when you're trying to buy cards, like, you don't need to necessarily give away all your trade secrets, but like what, what are the ways you're trying to approach finding that card um, yeah. maybe platforms in person online? Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I guess somewhat significant buyer. I've been a buyer in the, in the hobby for a long time. It's uh, uh, some of a uh, lot of its relationships, right. Personal relationships, um, people that I've uh, known. So uh, I've flown a number of times to different locations, to people's houses and, and purchased uh, significant collections. Uh, they know, a lot of people know me. And so they'll just reach out and uh, see if I'm interested. I do uh, I acquire off eBay. I don't as much as I used to. It's significantly less. 
And that's because other opportunities are out there now, as you described. I think it's that direct contact on Instagram. I get a lot of opportunity on Instagram. DMs or uh, just by picture where I'll reach out um, and see the card. Uh, and there are some great sellers on there. I think once um, uh, people trust each other and you go through that process, there are really some great sellers. Knock on wood, I have been very, very fortunate. I have not had a bad experience where I've had, uh, I think because I'm cautious by nature and from the business aspect, uh, I have not uh, had a bad experience. And then also um, I'll fly to shows at different times. I don't do that as often again as I used to because just the ability to balance everything um, is difficult, um, but I will fly. And and then typically when I'm at a show, I'm just in a kind of that buying mode um, when I'm looking for stuff that I, uh, that I like. But to, to give you an example, how times have changed now, I was very fortunate um, because I was um, pretty significantly in the hobby in that early 2000 range as well. And so um, being from Ohio, uh, was a big LeBron James fan. Um, and so I was able, I think from 2003, I started to collect LeBron uh, right off the bat. Uh, so again, that's longevity. It wasn't that I was smarter than anyone else. And there were a number of people collecting LeBron at that time. It's just, I didn't stop. Again, I just kept going. And so, you know, I was, I probably, other than maybe a couple folks, I probably broke more exquisite than almost anybody in the country. Um, so I still have a lot of that stuff. We were paying for LeBron's back then um, between $500 and $1,000 uh, for the RPA. Um, and over the years, oh gosh, I, I, at one point, I probably had about seven or eight RPAs and I had at least two or three of the gold versions. I don't have all those anymore. I may or may not still have some. Um, but but certainly not to the uh, amount that I had previously. And at that time, uh, again, my my first Tom Brady championship ticket, um, I've owned a few. I paid $300 for it. Um, if you can imagine that, uh, $300 for a championship ticket, um, Brady. The last one I bought, uh, which I still uh, do have, I paid 3000 So it tells you, you know, and that was maybe like 10, 12 years ago. Um, it tells you the difference in the market when a card can go from 3000 to say 2 million in a decade. It tells you that there's, there's a significant change and the hobby is strong, right? Um, I think the hobby is still strong. What I enjoy though, is not all of those, those cards. If you ask me favorite cards in my collection, it's not going to be the most valuable. Um, it's going to be cards that mean something to you. Um, and I still buy a lot of cards that are in that, um, say, two, three hundred dollar range to to a thousand dollar range. I buy those multiple times a week. I'm buying cards at that value um, because I love the card, and that's what's important to me is is the card itself. And does it give me enjoyment? Is it kind of fit in my collection? Is it a player that I think is is uh, somebody who I would collect? Those are the things that mean something. Is it? That's the value it gives me, not the dollar value. Because I, I purposely, I've never really sold any of those other cards. And, and I missed, you know, from a timing aspect, I've certainly missed out on different things. And that's quite a right, because that's not what I'm in it for. I'm in it to, uh, uh, to enjoy the hobby and to collect. So I want to get into some of your favorite cards. But before I do that, I'd <clears throat> love to know, like, you've said longevity a lot. And do you think in today's market, Obviously, we've we're in we're all experiencing a 
uh, major pullback after the market going absolutely parabolic. Do you think there's that same opportunity to lean on longevity and kind of see value grow over time in today's current state or or not? I, I'd love to know just kind of you as someone who's been in the hobby for some time, looking at all the craziness that's transpired and just like advice that you might have for anyone out there who's trying to gain their footing and trying to enjoy it, but also trying to see their value um, grow over the years. Yeah. And like I said before, I, th- I think that, you know, we've gone through these cycles every decade. We've kind of gone through these cycles. So I've seen it time and time again. Uh, I've not seen it to the size and scale from a dollar standpoint that we see it now. But in the 70s, you know, we built all these sets up. I went back and started, you know, when I started to collect, I was one of my goals was to get every Topps baseball set from 52 forward. So we built sets um, and we kind of just built those up. And they didn't have a ton of value at that time. They went through different cycles. In the 80s, uh, we saw, obviously, starting with uh, 1985, 86, we saw high production that went into the 90s and really softened the market. Uh, And that really happened on the baseball side uh, more than anything. Uh, In the early 2000s, we saw um, in basketball, really poor rookie classes and lack of superstars. Uh, that kind of killed some of the value on the basketball side in, in the early 2000s. Then 03, uh, LeBron came and that that really saved uh, a lot of the, the basketball market. In the later 2000s, I think we saw ups and downs. Uh, we had uh, different time periods in the middle to late 2000s of, of the same young quarterback um, kind of uh, collecting that didn't work out. Uh, I look back in one of my old boxes and I still have a about... 25 high-end Trent Edwards <laughs> from the Buffalo Bills quarterbacks. I mean, they were like one-on-ones and out-of-fives. And uh, I could probably just give them to Trent right now if he wants them. This cycle happens over and over and over again. And that's why kind of the true blue, I lean back on the solid choices, right? If you, if you think about uh, the blue chip stocks, right? The values may sway, but they're still going to be there over time because people will collect and they're going to go back to those players. The issue is going to be uh, the dollars involved in, the, in, in these quarterbacks that, um, and I, keep, I hate keep, to keep saying these the quarterbacks because there's other, other sports have these same issues. Baseball had it with prospecting for years. So uh, just the dollar amount in that is scary. So I would, you know, just from an advice standpoint, and maybe folks think it's boring, um, but go back and, and look at the legends, look at the pricing associated with them and build your collections around folks, you know, uh, will always be there. They're, they're not leaving the Hall of Fame. Peyton Manning's not going to be kicked out of the Hall of Fame. And so a Peyton Manning card is going to continue to appreciate if you're in the hobby for the long term. If you're in it for the short term, and you're kind of quote flipping, that's a different ball game. And so you're gonna, you're gonna pump value to try to benefit your flip. And a long-term collector isn't gonna care about that. Um, so so you, you need to just be careful, um, but I've seen this cycle time and time again. So the, I, I wanna touch on this. I've talked a lot about, it just seems like we have these many nation states in the hobby. We've got long time collectors, whale hunters, people that are going to buy cards like yourself that 
you're building, you're curating, and then you've got another crowd that's, you know, short-term trying to transact, quick flips, take advantage of timing in the market and interest and attention. I think oftentimes, just as an observer, someone who's busy professional, who's opening up their Instagram, who's literally trying to just be on the phone to connect with others, find cards, escape. You've got these two worlds that clash and the it's the hobby, but these two groups, I think uh, there's some overlap, but I think they ruffle each other's feathers. And then all of a sudden people are bickering back and forth and it's like, hold up, like we're, we're supposed to be having fun here. So maybe like, I'd love as someone who's seen many cycles, many iterations of this, like, how are you able to like tune out the noise or uh, max keep your sanity, uh, focus in on kind of what you're about and just let everything else kind of go around because it's what's always going to happen. Maybe just like share some experience and perspective there. I think that's a great question. I try to stay out of the fray of all of that. I kind of let folks like Josh and Chris kind of drive some of that conversation and, and, I've known uh, Josh for a little while. I don't know Chris as well, but um, you know they're new. They're actually brand new to the hobby, in, in my opinion, but they're very wise in, in what they do say. I think I just try to kind of stay out of that fray, allow it to happen. I think people should collect what they want to collect. Uh, and I definitely believe that. Everybody, there's that's what's great about this hobby is there's so many different lanes and so many different things for people to collect. I mean, and I I love collecting vintage. I don't, share it as much. Um, but I love collecting vintage and building that. I don't really buy graded vintage though. I buy the card for the card, but I'm sure one day I'll do more graded vintage than, you know, hall of fame legend collecting. And that's kind of what I uh, really enjoy doing now. And then there are kind of what I would quote, kind of the, the newer, um, collector, um, who wants to gravitate towards the, the shinier type of product and, and maybe the prospecting. You can balance all of that. You can find the shiny um, products of Hall of Fame players. I think you've done that in a lot of areas, uh, you know, buying golds and, and different color schemes of, of some of the legends that are in that product. And I think that's an amazing balance to try to find there. I, I think it's just kind of sorting things out. People will come and go, especially the, the quote flippers. Um, I've seen them. Uh, through different generations, they'll come and go. I think it's just trying to stay balanced. If you want to be in this the long term, then you've got to you got to have some common sense. Uh, you have to be cautious, and you have to have balance uh, because I, I, in my collection, I may have uh, what people would think are great cards, um, and I I do appreciate what I have. Um, but what I'm always amazed at is when I look at other collections, how many things I want out of their collection, um, right? So uh, I'll DM with Spintron or, or others. And it's like, you know, they want something out of mine. I want something out of theirs, but we're like terrible traders. We can't trade with each other. So it's, it, it's kind of funny, but it, it's amazing. That's what, what I love about this is you're never, you're, you're kind of never going to, to be at a spot where you're satisfied. You're always going to want something else, um, but just do that with balance. Uh, so maybe we we close out with this. You you said some of your favorite cards are cards that are connected to just memories and stories. I'd love for you to highlight some of your favorite cards in your awesome PC and why they're so significant to you. Yeah, uh, thanks. I think again, the to me, I 
collect the card itself. I do, I really don't grade cards. Um, I do buy graded cards, but I also buy raw cards and I buy the card, you know, in essence, because I want the card. Uh, for me, I love dual and triple and quad autographs, uh, especially with Hall of Famers. Uh, so any autograph, I've got some with, you know, Willie Mays and Hank Aaron uh, together. I love um, those multiplayer Hall of Fame uh, sets. So I am fortunate um, to have the exquisite numbers piece, uh, 23 of 23, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Uh, so they're multicolored patches, graded a, a 9, 10. I bought that card. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the year uh, of national. I think it might have been 2018. And at that time, I think people thought I was crazy. Um, but I bought that card for $30,000 cash at the national, but that that's one of my favorite cards. And I have no idea what it's valued at now. Um, I think you did. All right. I think I did. Okay. (laughs) Um, Michael Jordan, any of the exquisite Michael Jordan, uh, limited logos, uh, Kobe Bryant, um, exquisite, um, limited logos, obviously LeBron James are exquisite RPAs, uh, the Tom Brady uh, championship ticket. Again, that's uh, probably not my favorite card because uh, I'm not not the biggest Tom Brady fan, but I, I do understand the value and, and the fact that it's an iconic card. But uh, I'm sorry, back to some of the, the kind of the favorite ones I have. I love the, the 3000 hit in the 500 home run club um, out of upper deck from piece of history. So I have uh, fortunately the Willie Mays and Hank Aaron's both the 500 home club home run and the and the 3,000 hit ones. I'm still looking for a number of the low print runs out of that set. I was lucky enough earlier this year to acquire the Al K line um, out of nine. I had a lead on the Harmon Killebrew out of three, um, but I did not I was not able to acquire that one as of yet. Um, I'm looking for the Ken Griffey uh, Jr. out of 30. From actually, it's out 25 from that set. But I love that set. I love, uh, you know, there's Joe Montana, um, Jerry Rice dual autographs. I love the the legend, um, legendary factor of those cards. Um, in football, I'm a big Jim Brown fan. Uh, so any iconic Jim Brown, uh, I think, has a ton of um, upside still. Uh, in basketball, uh, Will Chamberlain, uh, Bill Russell. Um, I love finding the legendary. Uh, so I have, I think, I do not have uh, some of the gold versions uh, out of those sets, um, but I think I have everything else uh, from the uh, Upper Deck Legends. You know, I just, Mickey Mantle, still a Mickey Mantle fan. Uh, so uh, I love the vintage, but then I have, uh, fortunately, I think he has, um, the first bat barrels were produced um, and they were numbered out of seven. I, I have two of those looking for the Babe Ruth out of that. Windy City has the has a Babe Ruth numbered out of three out of that set, which is phenomenal. I'm always thinking about the cards I don't have, um, Brett, than the ones that's, I have. That, that's that's what, what, what my follow-up was going to be. I feel like everyone's going to go check out your page and be floored if you're not already following McDoyle Sports. Make sure you do. But I, I'd love for you, like, what if, if, if you could – on like maybe someone listens to you who's not following you who doesn't know what you need if you there are like a couple cards that are just like your your chase cards right now that you've just been like that keep you up at night that somebody out there potentially could be who listening could have and this show might connect you with them like what are those like 
one or two cards that you've been chasing for a while that keep you up at night? Yeah, a, a Roberto Clemente uh, cut autograph uh, with full signature. Most of the cut autographs, um, and I haven't bought them, the signatures are cut off. You know, it doesn't have a full name on it. So a Clemente full name. I'm currently looking for a Ruth cut uh, as well. I had Ruth cuts in the past um, that I sold at different nationals. Uh, so I currently don't have uh, Ruth cut at this point. So the Clemente and the Ruth cut out of baseball are, are certainly what I'm looking for. Any of the low numbered um, 500 home run or uh, 3000 hit club um, cards, uh, those are really tough to find in basketball. Uh, any of the gold legends, um, especially like the tough one, obviously, is Chamberlain out of 13 uh, to try to find a Russell out of six. Uh, those uh, would be chase cards. And on those kind of cards, I hate to negotiate against myself, but uh, there are a number of us out there, whatever the price is, we're going to pay it. Um, so if anybody's listening and, and we don't, I don't say that in a conceited manner, I just say that as a, as a collector, <laughs> we'll find a way, um, it, you know, whatever that price is, we'll find a way to, to do it. Those would probably be some of the ones I can think of up top of my head. Any of the Kobe number pieces, you know, numbered out of eight. I'm also always on the on the lookout for those. I've got a few, um, but I'm I'm really looking for more of those. There can never be enough. Maybe we close that out with this one. Ton of experience. You've seen a lot of cycles and iterations. I'd love for you to offer maybe one piece of feedback that you have for any collectors listening, um, just based on kind of your experience and longevity. Patience. Patience is the key word. The most asked question I get is simply through DMs, how do I get a collection like yours, right? That's always the first question somebody asked um, and it's patience. It does not happen overnight. It takes time. Instant gratification is unfortunately what people are always looking for, um, but that's not how to build a successful um, hobby or successful business, right? It's going to be putting in the work, putting in the, the you know, kind of that knowledge. Knowledge doesn't come from um, it comes from experience. And so it's talking with, with others, building relationships, asking questions, understanding sets, but it's patience to get to all that. Um, if you're just looking to simply buy a card and have it double in value, that may happen um, if you're lucky once or twice, but you're going to get burned more than, more than you're going to hit on those. And then you're going to be out of the hobby. So to me, it's take your time, ask questions. Uh, most of us who have been in for a long time um, or do this on a, on a uh, more of a full-time basis uh, will answer questions. If we get DMs, uh, we'll certainly answer that. I know I've heard many others talk about that on, on this podcast and other shows. And just reach out with questions and people will, will assist and, and work that. Again, that's something that's great about this hobby is People will help you. The ones that have been in a long time are not going to take advantage of, of new folks coming in. I think they're going to try to help them because it, it builds the community. It builds the hobby. It, it makes everything uh, more valuable in the long run. Um, but take your time in words that I always try to end with, right? Enjoy. Enjoy. It's a hobby. It's remember that. And at the end of the day, keep collecting. Collect what you love and just keep collecting over time. It will pay off for you um, if you have patience and consistency in what you're doing. One of my favorite conversations, one of 
my favorite collections. Matthew, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge and insight. We've got more to talk about. We're, we're going to have to find some time, get you back on and uh, go deeper in, in one of those areas that we, we explored today. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Brad. And thanks for what you do. I don't know if people realize uh, you know, how much time and effort I'm sure you put into this, um, but just the fact that you've created this kind of platform uh, and others, it really is uh, meaningful to folks out there. I know when I travel, I'm on the plane, you know, I flip the podcast on as I'm, and I mostly don't fall asleep. Um, I mostly listen, but it, it's great just to kind of stay connected. And, and uh, so you really are providing a lot of value. And I, I try to remind you of that sometimes through DMs. But uh, really, uh, a big thank you should go to you. Appreciate you, man. Uh, We will talk to you soon. You take care. All right. Take care. Loved that conversation. Matt is a wealth of knowledge and information. I want to have him back on this show because there are so many different topics that we could go down just that I was listening. And I just was like, I'm just going to let this guy go talk and we'll bring him back on another time and go deeper in some other areas. Just I love the idea of longevity. I love the idea of consistency and just so much passion. Go check out his page, MC Doyle Sports on Instagram. Everybody, you take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Stacking Slabs podcast next week. Peace.